0: Well, here we are, almost halfway through the Ten Commandments. And today we come to the Fifth Commandment. So to recap, I'll read not the entirety of the the first four commandments, but kind of a, a recap of those. So I invite you to hear now the word of the Lord that he spoke to the people of Israel on Sinai. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And now honor your father and mother. So that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for these ten commandments. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for showing us the way that we as your people are to live. Lives that glorify you. Lives that honor you. Lives that point others to you. Lives that reveal your goodness and who you are to this world. Lord, open our hearts as we open this book, as we listen to you. Lord, help us to hear you. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and honoring to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Luke 15, um, Jesus tells a parable. Jesus tells a parable of the prodigal son. Now ultimately, the prodigal son is this beautiful story that tells about the amazing grace of God. We see the the sin of one person, but we see the amazing grace and the love of God and the father. But the story of the prodigal son is also the story of the father and his relationship with his two sons. Well, the first son who we meet is the younger son. So one day, this younger son approaches his father, and he says, Father, Give me my share of the property that is coming to me. So what he's saying to his dad is he says, Dad, when you die, I'm going to get a portion of your property. But I don't want to wait that long. I don't want to wait until you're dead. I want it now. Another way of putting it is, Dad, you're better off dead to me than you are alive. Let's just get this over with and give me my cash now. So the father concedes and he splits up the property. The younger son leaves with his newfound wealth. And he travels off to this foreign land, and we're told that he spends all of the money in reckless living. So if this were set today, if it it were a parable that Jesus were telling today, it would be, well, the son took all of his money, and he went off to Vegas. And he spent it in every worst possible way he could. He didn't just go to the casinos. He went to every other place that you could go and waste a lot of money. All the seediest places in Vegas. So since we are thinking about the Ten Commandments and we are thinking specifically about the Fifth Commandment, that you shall honor your father and your mother, well, the prodigal son does the exact opposite. He utterly dishonors, he utterly rejects his father. Both in word when he said, Dad, I want my money and I kind of wish you were dead. And indeed. He does it to his face and he does it behind his back as he takes all the money that his father gave him and he wasted on terrible things. He demanded his, father money, his father's money, which he had no right to ask for. He brought shame and dishonor on the whole family, and especially upon his father. Well, for the son, things go from bad to worse once the money is gone. There's a famine that strikes the land. He's starving to death. He's desperate and alone. All the people who had gathered around him when he had all of this money have now left. Well, he finally finds a job at a farm, but not only is it a farm, it's a pig farm. And as a Jew, he is now working among the unclean. He is feeding the pigs. He's so destitute, he's so hungry that he even longs to eat the food alongside these pigs. Well, he finally realizes he's hit rock bottom, and he decides, well, I'll just go home. Sticks his tail between his legs, heads heads back, and he says, well, I'll I'll just beg my dad. Maybe he'll take some pity on me. Maybe he'll give me the lowest job here, and I can be the lowest servant. Well, for the people listening to this parable that Jesus is telling, it's easy to see that the prodigal son could be this cautionary tale. Just wait till he gets home. Dad will toss him out on his ear, as he has every right to do but instead of getting the answer that we're expecting, instead when he shows up, we find out that the father's been waiting for him. The father sees him when he's out on the road. The father's been watching the road to see if maybe his son would come back. So the father goes sprinting out to his son, sprinting out to find him. He wraps his arms around him. He welcomes him. And then he throws a party and he tells everybody, he invites everybody to come to it. Well, as all of this is happening, the older son is working faithfully in the fields. He hears the commotion, and he hears that his brother has come home. Well, he won't go, and he won't join the party. So his father comes out, and he begs him. He says, please, come in. Let's celebrate together. Well, this son's answer is found in Luke 15, 29 to 30. He says, look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet yeah, you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Dad, look at the two of us. Compare him to me. While he was devouring your property, I stayed home working for you. I never left. I never disobeyed you. Well, if the younger son is a cautionary tale, is this insane example for utterly failing to keep the fifth commandment. In comparison, the older son, in his own opinion, and probably in the opinion of a whole lot of people, is a poster boy for obeying it. But he was so busy patting himself on the back and yelling at his father that he completely missed the point of the fifth commandment. See, the fifth commandment is not, you shall not disobey your mother and father. The fifth commandment is you shall honor your father and mother. Now obviously God calls us to command, God commands us to obey our parents. Colossians 3.20, Ephesians 6.1, both say children obey your parents. In Romans chapter 1, when, when Paul is describing this like descent into sin and all the, and the terrible things that happen and the terrible things that people do, one of those sins is, is children who are disobedient of their parents. But like the rest of the ten, God is calling his people, he's calling us, to more than just sin avoidance. He's calling us to live lives that glorify him. He's calling us to reveal his kingdom to the world. And as we've seen time and time again, Jesus came, as he said in the the Sermon on the Mount, he came to fulfill the law. Now, often this meant that Jesus taught us a deeper meaning. He showed us a deeper meaning. He talked about Uh, murder, and he talked about um, adultery. He talked about all these things and said, no, there is something deep that's happening here. We saw it in, in the Sabbath with what he taught. But in the fifth commandment, Jesus himself became the greatest fulfillment as he lived it out. You shall honor your father and mother. In Exodus 20, verse 12, the Hebrew word for honor is kabed. Kabid means to honor, to give weight to something, to esteem. When I was working on this passage, I like to look at a bunch of different translations to go, okay, especially when it's a shorter passage, what did other translations have to say? I don't have a slide for this, Tyler, sorry. Um, But I looked at all these different translations. Said NIV says, okay, you shall honor your father and mother. Okay, well, how about the New Living Translation? Because that might give a little more color to it. You shall honor your father and mother. Okay? Um, ESV goes, you know, very standard. English Standard Version goes very standard with what the translation is. Guess what? You shall honor your father and mother. Even the message, you know, the message is this paraphrase, which comes up with all these different ways of saying things. Again, you shall honor your father and mother. So clearly, we shall honor our father and mother. Our, to honor, to give honor to our father and mother means we recognize value in something or someone. I remember probably five years ago or so, we were at a soccer game uh, for one of the kids. I forget if it was Haley's team or Tyler's team. And I was talking to one of the dads after the game. And he, uh, he was a, a former, um, I think he was in the Marine Corps, but I know he was, he was in the military. And we're talking, and right in the middle of our conversation, he sees this guy in uniform. He sees a young soldier in uniform, and he excuses himself. Sorry, just a moment. I need to go honor this young man. So he walked about 50 feet away, walked right over to him, shook his hand, and said, thank you for your service. And then that was it. He came back, and and we continued talking. What was most important in that moment when he and I were talking was that young soldier. He didn't know him. He'd never met him before. He'd never seen him before. But he stopped everything he was doing to show him honor. I could see it in his eyes. I could, I could hear it in his voice. It's not one of those things where sometimes you see a soldier and it's like, well, I should go and thank him for their service and what they do. Stopped everything and went over to show him honor. In 2007, um, Robin Williams, a comedian, was um, at, it was in Kuwait. And uh, there was a USO event that he was, he was at. And apparently he did a number of those, went to various places. And as he's, as he's in the middle of his bed and he's talking, um, you hear the, the, the trumpet going. And every single soldier in the room turns around. And then they start playing because what's going on is the flag is coming down. And everything stopped. And Robin starts to make a joke about it. And he's like, oh, this is serious. So he stood there at attention for a while. And it was amazing to see how everything completely stopped when the flag was coming down. I think that if there is one group in our society who understands the concept of honor it is in the military. Last month, we studied Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So, obedience is a very measurable result. But the reason for that obedience is what we're getting at. When I leave for lunch, when we all leave here for lunch in about 30, 40 minutes, um, when I turn out and I go, right on Poplar Pike, and then I go left down Hacks Cross, how fast am I going to go? 35 miles an hour, because it's Germantown, right? And then you cross into Memphis, like right as you're going down halfway down Hacks Cross, right around where, where the Yenster's Business is, right around there, it turns into What? For whatever you want to do, it's Memphis, right? It's officially 45, so I immediately go from 35 to 45 as I'm going down there. So why do I obey that law here in Memphis and go in in Germantown and go 35 miles an hour? Because I want to honor the people and I want to honor the aldermen and all those kind of people? No. I'm obeying because I don't want to get a ticket. That's it. Obedience for fear of punishment is not the same as honor. Honoring someone is not grudgingly admitting that we owe them some obedience. Honor comes from deep within. It's a recognition, it's an appreciation of the value of the worth of another person. All of which lead me then to action based in gratitude. And again, I think that's one of those things that the military tends to understand better than most people in our country tend to understand. Gratitude and honor. Well, this word comes up in different forms. This kebed comes up in, in different forms, but the exact form comes up another time. That exact form comes up in Proverbs 3:9. And sorry again, Tyler, I don't have a slide for this, I should have made one. Uh, Proverbs 3:9 comes out with that same word. We are told to honor the Lord with our wealth it's not only obey the Lord, it is honor the Lord with your wealth. It's not only saying, hey, give your 10%, but honoring God with the other 90% as well. It's not simply about following rules and about the things that we need to do, but it is about the direction of our heart, is the direction of our allegiance. It is honoring God with everything. Now, as... We're studying this, and as we're we're working through these Ten Commandments, we come to this, you know, you shall honor your father and mother. And as someone who is both a pastor and a father, it is very easy, would be very easy to use this passage as great ammunition for our children. Convincing the kids, you need to obey me, and not only obey me, but you need to do so with a positive attitude. But guess what? The Ten Commandments were not just given to children, all right? It doesn't just say, children, obey your father and mother. Children, honor your father and mother. This is all the people of Israel. God has gathered together at the, at the base of Sinai there. Everybody's listening, right? This isn't like you know, the parents going elbow and the kids going, say, so you listen to this thing? No, God is saying this to every single one of us. Now, it is intended for children as well, but it is not only intended for children. These words are intended for you and for me no matter how old we are, no matter what our age, no matter what our life circumstances may be. Let's think about somebody else. Luke chapter 2. When Jesus was a child. We talked about this, I think, back in August. And Jesus had been down at the temple, and his parents were wondering where on earth he had been, because they had left. They had headed back to Nazareth, and he was still at the temple there. But we're told at that point that he was obedient to his parents for all of his days. Later on, at the age of 30, Jesus honored his mother's request. Remember, he was at; uh, she had been invited to this wedding in Cana, and it was his first miracle. His first miracle was when his mother said, hey, They've run out of wine, Jesus. What are you going to do? So he honors her request. And one of the most beautiful moments is when Jesus is dying on the cross. He honored and he cared for his mother when he was out there and he said, Mary, you know, mother, here is, here is your son. And John, here is your mother. Throughout his life, Jesus honored Mary directly. And then we don't know exactly when his earthly father, Joseph, passed away, but he continued to honor his father as well as he cared for his mother. But the ultimate way that Jesus really fulfilled this idea of honoring our father and mother, because if if anybody pays attention, the, the title of the sermon was, a tale of two sons, right? So you have kind of these two sons and you see one who is a terrible example of honoring your father and mother and then the other one who is a wonderful example of honoring your your father and mother. But the second son is not the older son because as we talked about before, he was kind of a snot. But Jesus honored his father and his mother and the ultimate way that he did so was in relationship with his true father. Throughout his ministry, Jesus... Obeyed his father. If you look, his number one goal over and over and again, over and over again was to do the will of his father. He was constantly redirecting people's focus when they wanted to say how amazing he was. He said, I didn't come for my glory, but my father's glory. I do the work of him who sent me, I speak the words of the one who sent me. And then you look at Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was that night when he was about to be arrested, he was right there knowing exactly what was coming this darkest, most painful moment. Jesus cried out to God, if it's possible, take this cup away. But not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus trusted and honored his father even in the darkest moment of his life. See, Jesus didn't just come to show us how to follow rules, to show us how to not break rules. He came to transform us, to make us more like him. He came to give us a new heart. He came to give us a new life. Well, from the examples of the prodigal son, from the example of the older brother, from from the example of Jesus, we have learned a few things. In the fifth commandment, God called us to go beyond simple obedience and instead to actively and profoundly honor our father and mother. We also learn that in obedience to God's law, as we become more like Christ, when we honor our parents, we also honor God. When we honor our parents and we honor God, we bring the kingdom of God here. And as we honor our parents, really the greatest way for us to teach our children to honor our parents is not by telling them to do it, but is by modeling that in our own lives. So now we're left with an all-important question. That question I've asked many times in this room. Now what? You shall honor your father and mother. Well, the obvious answer is, well, you shall honor your father and mother. But what might that look like in our lives? And one of the, the challenging things about the Bible, but one of the great things about the Bible, is that there's a lot of times when God is not super specific. He says, you must honor your father and mother okay, well, what, what does that look like? I want to know some exact rules. He's going, no, I'm not just going to give you some exact specific things you can do and some specific things that you must not do. It takes reflection. It takes prayer. It takes time looking at it. What might this look like, not only in the life of someone, but in my life? Honor your father and mother whether they are, whether they are still around or they are gone. Honor your father and mother whether they have been great parents or have fallen short. Now, before we move on with that, one thing that I want to stop for a moment here is if you have or had parents who fell short, I don't want to brush it off and say, well, you know, you just need to honor them even if it's hard. Don't want to minimize the challenges that you have faced or continue to face. Don't want to pretend that there's an easy answer on how to honor them. But again, I think the way that this is resolved is not by a 25, 28-minute sermon, and Jeff just says, well, you need to honor your father and mother even when it's hard. I think this is one of those things that that is figured out in community, that is figured out with people who know you, people who love you, people who you can talk to and say, you know what? I don't know how to honor my parents. They were terrible. I don't know how to honor my parents. They're gone. I don't know how to honor my parents when I've blown it. That's the kind of thing that you don't get figured out right now, but we do figure it out together. So I do invite you, I encourage you. If this is a harder question for you, then talk to somebody. Talk to me. Talk to Pastor Greg. Talk to John. Talk to people in this church. We have wonderful elders, men and women, who can talk to you and pray with you and support you in that and help you figure out what might it look like for you to honor mom and dad when they might not seem very honorable. So don't just let this be one of those things where you go, well, this doesn't apply to me. Or Jeff wants to make it sound so simple, I don't, because it's not. But the truth for me is that I have been doubly blessed. I have wonderful parents who are easy to honor and they continue to love me and to support me and to support my family and love my family. But God has also placed other faithful people in my life who have guided me and cared for me through the years. So even if you have not had the best parents, I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that if you look at your life, there are other people who God has placed in your life who have been a mom or a dad to you. Maybe it's an aunt or an uncle, a mentor, a coach, grandparents, a friend here at church. Well, to simplify things a little bit, just want to talk talk through a few practical ways that we can honor our fathers and our mothers. Well, I would say probably the greatest examples that I have seen of honor have been first people in my own family who have taken in an aging parent, a mother-in-law, a father-in-law, taken them into their home who have visited them countless times in care facilities, who have cared for them in the final years of life. I know people in this very room who have done those exact same things. Walking alongside parents as their health and as their memories fail. You are honoring your father and mother. And I learned from that and I am blessed by that. I know a young woman in her 20s who, when she was 18 and ready for college, her family, not only could they not afford to send her to college, but she needed to get a job and support her parents whose health was failing. Instead, she sent her younger sister off to college. Well, she finally got started a couple years ago into college and got to go close to full-time. And then about a year ago, she had to drop out at the age of 25 to become her mom's full-time caregiver. She has been honoring her father and her mother. Another practical way is call them, spend time with them. Thank God for them. Actually thank God. Don't just say I'm thankful for my mom and my dad, but actually thank God for them. And then finally is to pray for them. You know they've been praying for you. In the fifth commandment, God told us that we are not only to obey our parents, but to honor our father and mother. And in so doing, we honor our father in heaven. Scripture is full of examples of people who have both succeeded and failed at this commandment. But our greatest example is Jesus Christ himself who sought to honor his Father and to do the will of God in all things, which ultimately led to the glory of God and gave us salvation through his sacrifice on the cross. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for teaching us what it means to honor. Jesus, help us to honor you. Father, help us to honor you. Holy Spirit, help us to honor you. Lord, we thank you for the parents that you have given us. Lord, help us to honor them, whether they are still with us, whether they are gone. Help us to live lives that point to you, that glorify you, but that also reflect well on them. Lord, help us to honor you. Help us to honor these wonderful people in our lives. Lord, may your kingdom come.